the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join our conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. As the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And I am joined with my wonderful co-host, Abigail Johnson. Good to see you, Abigail. Good to see you, too. Good to be here. Yeah. And uh, thank you for going on the Narn Show last Sunday. It was fun. And talking about our big event at Liberty Classical Academy tonight, um, Dr. or not Dr. Mr. Ken Pope, CEO of the Victims of Communist, I think it's Foundation, mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., is coming with an actual victim of communism from Cuba. The two of them are coming to speak at our school tonight. It's going to be incredibly exciting. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to yeah. hear all about it. Yeah. So in addition to that, we have a really an excellent topic, one that I think all of you will find very pertinent to what is going on in your own lives. We're going to talk a little bit today about social media. Mm-hmm. How is it affecting our brains? How is it affecting the brains of our children? Um, and we know that most people at this point have a some form of a smartphone with all of the fun apps on it that are we're constantly struggling to not pay attention to, but we have to pay attention to. And, oh, wait, there's a text. I really should stop recording here and just check it real mm-hmm. quick. Um, so we really wanted Let's to just it. chat about this because, um, you know, maybe some of us that are listening here were, you know, either, you know, have have kids or grandkids where they are growing, starting to move into a time where we're thinking about how do we, how do we look at social media usage? How do we look at internet usage um, for our kids? Um, which is a little bit interesting. I can just speak for myself. Um, you know, I was quite a bit older before I had my first, well, first of all, first cell phone, and then that cell phone, it didn't have internet. If you were quite a bit older. Well, we won't even talk about the rest of that sentence there. I, <laughs> I was definitely quite a bit older. <laughs> but truly, so we're looking at people, a lot of us had, you know, very fully formed, developed brains. You know, they think they say that the average human brain is fully formed by what, 25, 26, 25. Frontal lobe is the last. And yet, how many of us can barely stop from checking our phones the second we wake up or while we're drinking our coffee or while we're waiting in line at the grocery store to check out our groceries or while we're waiting for just about anything. Anything. And we had fully formed brains. So Rebecca and I thought that it would Mm -hmm. just be really interesting and helpful just to 
to chat about this. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? Mm-hmm. What do we do? Do we just completely, are we going off grid? Are we all going to get chickens and raise our own meat and never check social media? Or, you know, where is that happy medium? Because I think that it's something that we should all be really discussing, though, and realizing mm-hmm. we're seeing more and more that this is not um, something that's innocuous. Um, it's not something that it's a, it's a neutral factor in our child's development. Um, there are more and more studies coming out showing mm-hmm. there are actual it harmful effects. And not only is it harmful, but it's changing how a child's brain develops. Right. Yeah. And that <clears throat> the most recent study that we've heard about, and we've talked about this on mm-hmm. Education America many, many times. So you can go back and look at our old podcasts and find um, podcasts where we have talked about technology and the impact it has on a developing brain. But the most recent that we've learned of is out of University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, <clears throat> where they were looking at children between the ages of, I believe it was 12, 12 and to 15. 15. Yeah. And what they found, uh, this was a three-year study, and they had students um, um, be hooked up onto basically where they could measure their brain waves, and they would then give them social media Mm-hmm. Um, content, right? Mm-hmm. And so what they were able to determine over the course of these three years is that the students definitely developed more anxiety um, as a result of their um, continued usage mm-hmm. and and they actually changing patterns in their brain as well. Mm-hmm. And um, this is something that I think I remember I told I told you on the way over here today, Abigail, that we covered a show a long time ago, and there was a neuropsych individual who's been doing a lot of research on screens, so not just social media, but screens. Mm-hmm. This research out of North, um, North Carolina um, was actually social media, mm-hmm. but she was finding that there's actual like trenches that get developed in kids' brains the more they're using social media or any type of screen. Mm -hmm. And that then what happens is that the brain doesn't develop as fully as it's supposed to, Mm -hmm. and it affects their cognition. And she was realizing over the course of this research that it was affecting children so drastically that she was starting to see a two-year delay in cognitive development relative to what it had been prior to all the screens. Mm-hmm. And that's that's significant. That's significant for learning. And so it ties in very well to what this newest research is showing out of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, um, that these kids are um, having actual um, brain changes. Yep. And um, I think it's so easy as parents to forget that these are not many adults walking around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are children with developing brains. And according to the researchers out of this most recent study from Chapel Hill, um, the adolescent brain is actually the second largest time of development of the brain after yeah. infancy. Which that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And that's about the time they start begging <laughs> for those cell phones, for those iPhones, mm-hmm. and and maybe maybe even younger than that, but um, you know, it's it's so easy, as I said, as parents to forget that these kids' brains are still in the development stage, and you can't just treat them like they're a mini you. 
Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, yes, it's let's even be honest. Adults, how to- how many of us are doing a great job right now with our social media usage, our phone usage? Um, you know, this is something that my husband and I discuss. Um, and again, mm-hmm. not that we're necessarily suggesting that everyone go off grid and never never participate in the online community, but to also recognize, um, look to say that this is something that we can easily control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should all be aware enough to see these are these sites are specifically designed to lure you in mm-hmm. and keep your attention. That's how they make money. Right. They have people in these on these sites on that design them mm-hmm. with the sole purpose of keeping you we, engaged. Keeping you engaged because yep. what what are they monetizing? Mm-hmm. They're monetizing your time and your, your attention and your information. Yep. Mm-hmm. So your likes and your dislikes and your patterns. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, we were we were going to look up this name and then we never had a chance to do this. But there's a gentleman that used to work for Facebook and helped develop the like button mm-hmm. who felt so guilty about it afterwards because they were using psychological science to determine how to draw people in and get them stuck and and hooked. And he felt so bad about it that he actually left the company and now goes around and speaks about the dangers mm-hmm. of social media. And and I mean, we think about all the anxiety and we know that, yes, anxiety increased during COVID. Mm-hmm. And we know that that is also directly linked to the fear factor that went into COVID, rightly so or not. Um, there was fear that mm-hmm. was engaging these kids because they couldn't go to school or if they did, they had to wear masks. They had to social distance. They couldn't mix with certain other groups. And all of that raises anxiety. But this has been going at on at the way same time. That, exactly. Though. That's what I was just going to say is this precedes COVID. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about anxiety increases in teenagers um, years before COVID, but only really after about 2000, was it 13, when the social media craze really took off. Mm-hmm. And and even as a person who runs a school, we have seen a difference in that. The, pre, the pre-social media era and the post-social media era of our students, it's different. And mm-hmm. there is more anxiety. And this study showed that the children who grow up checking social media more often are becoming hypersensitive to feedback mm-hmm. from their peers. So what does that equal? Anxiety. Yep. That equals anxiety because they're constantly wondering, what do they think of me? What do they think of me? Do, and why how do I compare? Why didn't they like my post? Yeah. How do I? Yes. Why didn't they like my post? Why did they unfriend me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these new ways of, of, really treating one another, relating with one another, sometimes poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's not, even if you're friends and you're, you're still looking at how many likes you got on a certain post mm-hmm. and which, which people did like it, you know, mm-hmm. did the right people like it or the wrong mm-hmm. people like it? And that hypersensitivity um, just leads to uh, obviously unhealthy patterns in, in kids. Yeah, so it's very, very concerning. Well, and it was really interesting to me, um, and I, the Surgeon General of the United States came out over this past weekend, actually, so it was a really interesting time to be discussing this. Um, And for whatever reason, and I'm not really sure why, but he came out um, with some statements about 
um, children joining social media. And he actually says so. Um, so this is an article from CNN. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually a decent article from CNN. So that's mm-hmm. always maybe a little unusual. But yeah. there we go. Yeah. So the Surgeon General says 13 is too early to join social media. Um because these sites, even though these sites allow children to join, um, these kids are still developing their identity. Um, and he talks about a couple of different things in this article, but I I thought that that was, to be frank, a little bit unusual um, to hear the Surgeon General come out with this particular point of view. I, I thought it was great mm-hmm. that he's willing to say that. But another thing, Rebecca, that I really uh, thought was fantastic was something that that you know, my group of people that we interact with are trying to do is he talked about how difficult it is to keep students off of social media. Yes. And we all know that. I've, I've heard that from other people mm-hmm. saying, well, but all of their friends mm-hmm. have a phone and, you know, they have social media now. My child is going to be left out. And mm-hmm. I, I did appreciate um, that he did address that saying, you know, if parents can band together and kind of come to a consensus as a group that we're not going to allow our kids to use social media until, you know, you choose your age, 16, 17, 18, or whatever age that is, mm-hmm. um, that that's really a much more effective strategy in making sure that kids don't get exposed to the harms on social media too early. And again, I, I thought that that was encouraging that he was coming out and saying that. Um, it is something that, again, in with kind of the people that we interact with as a family most often, these are conversations that we have, and I'm very thankful that as our kids get older, um, I'm sure there will be kids that they know who have social media and phones much earlier than they do. Mm-hmm. But as for the people that they spend the majority of their you know, their time with and interact with, there will be those on the other end of the spectrum as well that are they will know they're not the only ones mm-hmm. that don't have phones. Mm-hmm. And to really encourage parents... Um, to start taking ownership of that. Look, you guys pay for it. Yeah. So you have you have to pay for it unless your child is, you know, working really hard at a part time job. Which you know, in that case, mm-hmm. congratulations to that child for being such a hard worker. Those phones are very expensive, as are the plans. But for parents to know, you know, while they're living under your roof, you're still in charge. Right. <clears throat> and to please take full advantage of that, because and- more and more we're seeing that there are very real drawbacks to using social media and to be thinking about how do I want to help um, talk about this and <clears throat> maybe model ourselves, mm-hmm. which I'll probably have to go home and think think a little bit more about. Um, you know, how do we do that? How What does responsible, quote unquote, social media look like, usage look like? It's going to look maybe a little bit different mm-hmm. for each situation. I think you hit it on the head. And actually, you said this came from the Surgeon General, that banding together as parents really is kind of the only way to push back on this because your own individual child asking them to stand out from their friends is not an easy thing to do on any on any level right but especially something like this that is so pervasive mm-hmm. um, well you are listening to education america here on am 1280 the patriot and we're discussing social media usage and how it impacts today's youth and you said that you were encouraged because um, you have some friends that at at our at Liberty mm-hmm. that have the, the same thoughts as you, and that they mm-hmm. want to hold off on social media 
for their children or purchasing a phone for their children. And I was actually encouraged. I hosted an alumni party, a Liberty Classical Academy alumni party at my house a few weeks ago. And this was from um, students. This was a group of students that had graduated in both 2011 and 2012 and their spouses. And all of them are married with kids now. And they're little kids. They're, you know, <laughs> little bitty one, babies. two, three years old. But it was fun because at the end they were, they got talking about this. And I just was listening. Didn't say a word, just listening. And they said, you know, well, I think, I think that the generation of parents that has, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders now, they didn't have social media when they, they didn't have the iPhones when they were young. And so they may not, this is what they said, they may not fully understand how detrimental it can be to children. And they said, we don't think that our generation is going to have the same problem mm. because we all grew up with it. And we, I mean, not maybe not grew up with it, but they, it certainly came out when they were still young. And um, they feel like they've got much more knowledge mm. about it and they're much more careful. All of them agreed that they were not going to buy their kids phones. And I mean, these kids... They know each other, but they don't all hang out with each other. This is an alumni gathering. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought that was really interesting, a perspective that I certainly hadn't thought of, that maybe there will be less less emphasis on buying a phone for your child at these young ages as the ones who actually knew about them when they were young have grown up and become parents themselves. You could be right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, because so much of this has come out. It's been... Um, really interesting to hear all about how, I mean, so much of the people who ostensibly created the internet uh, for mm-hmm. all intensive purposes, Steve Jobs, people at Google, uh, people at Facebook, they don't let their kids have right. devices. Right. That and is you a just very have good to point. think, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't know that mm-hmm. at the beginning. And what I also think will be really interesting to see is what is the, um, what is the next trend? What's the next rebellion, so to speak? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, when phones came out and social media came out, it was all about exposure. You want to you want people to know who you are. You feel like you need to post a lot. You want to be engaged in this online community because this is so new and so cool. Um, I almost wonder if we'll start seeing that the new um, the new expensive handbag is privacy. <laughs> you know, I mean, the new thing mm-hmm. that everyone wants that, mm-hmm. that is really to show that you're really cool mm-hmm. is I'm not all over the Internet. Mm-hmm. You actually have to do a little work to find out. Mm-hmm. About, and and I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's it's just kind of an interesting yeah. thing to see if that pendulum will. I was going to say pendulums have back. a tendency to swing. So <laughs> I could see that potentially being the case. But yeah. And you're you're I want to reiterate your point because I think it's an important one that um, the tech people, you know, when you think of Silicon Valley, you think of a lot of technology, obviously. And um, there have been research studies to show that many of those tech people will not send their children to schools with technology in them. Mm -hmm. They overwhelmingly select schools that are low on technology. And I just find that very, very interesting because of all the people who know Mm -hmm. what technology really is and how it's used, how it affects your brain. It's them. 
And yet they choose to not want to send their children to schools that have a lot of technology. Now, again, these are generalizations. These are not absolutes, but that is the trend amongst those people. And yet they're pushing, these tech giants are pushing technology into the schools at ever increasing rates. I just keep thinking, is it ever going to stop? Because the learning is not improving. No. The learning is actually going down. Test test scores aren't going up. Yeah. And now you've got little kindergartners even using, you know, iPads in some cases. And, you know, these kids need to be learning to read, write, and do basic math, right? In kindergarten, first and second grade. But, uh, you know, I digress a little bit away from social media. But the point is, it is all interconnected. Yes. And and you really do need to pay attention to the fact that these are developing brains and 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 not just the developing brain piece, but also the anxiety piece. Yes. Um, you know, it's heartbreaking to see a child who's down in the dumps, who thinks that they're not worth anything, who thinks they're ugly, who thinks this. And mm-hmm. while some of these problems have been age-old problems, you know, girls mm-hmm. tend to be that way about their looks and boys might might be more that way about their athletic skills. But never before did we ever provide a platform where they could have all this comparison. Yeah, You might have your class that you... Your you know, interact with friends. at school. Now you're exposed to the whole world. Yep. And you're exposed to every middle schooler across the whole nation if you want to. And be. every and middle schooler who's also putting filters to look and that's better. A whole other issue. And possibly, too, yeah. you know, it's as we all know, it's all about the angle of the camera and the lighting. <laughs> and, you know, it, this is never people who just mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and look like mm-hmm. real normal people, um, you know, without any enhancements or anything. So instead, they're comparing themselves to every beauty contestant winner from India, Pakistan, Africa, China, you know, beautiful Mm -hmm. women, Mm -hmm. but you're going, oh, my goodness. I mean, who can, who can feel good about themselves when you've seen 200 images of kind of the perfect, most beautiful face, or again, Mm -hmm. athletic ability, look at all of these other accomplishments that, Mm -hmm. that these guys can do on the football field. Um, you know, that's hard, for, again, for even adults. I just constantly want to ask adults, so how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. or do you feel a little twitchy until you can check your phone in the morning? And yeah. I say that. I am preaching yeah. to myself, everyone. I absolutely am in that boat as well with you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if we are struggling with it as grown adults, how do we expect our young children with developing brains to have a healthy self-image and self-control that frankly is really hard even well, it's for not adults. even It's not even cognitively mm-hmm. possible in many respects for the younger they are. They don't, they don't have the cognitive ability to have the self-control. That's why they have parents. And so you have to help as parents. We have to help. We have to be involved and not be afraid to put those limits on to say, I'm not going to buy you a phone until you're 15 years old or whatever the case may be. And, you know, by that time, children are much more mature at 15 and 16 and their social relationships are more mature and um, it's less, in in a word, dangerous mm-hmm. for them to be interacting um, because the, there's more, there is more self-control because the brain is further developed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you're really taking a risk by putting kids in, in, in at that age involved with um, phones and social media. Um, yeah, I was going to say something else about the... I totally just lost my train of thought, Abigail. We were just talking about the middle school 
and wanting to be make sure that they um, stay off of the phone. But I, I, I lost it. You're going to have to take it. Oh, well, you know, and again, Rebecca and I were kind of joking around before the show, kind of, we've, we each enjoy reading and um, we have very little time to do it, but kind of talking about how, boy, sometimes with social media, it's it's hard to even have the attention span now to read a book. Mm -hmm. There's this constant pull of, Mm -hmm. it's been two hours and I haven't checked my phone. Mm -hmm. And and you just think, I'm really not that important, really, you know zombies have not taken over the world in the past two hours. I'm probably going to be fine if I stay off of mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, and if if we can't, like you say, if we're going to lose our attention span, um, even more so they are, and they already have a limited attention span. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the, I just keep losing that thought. It came back so to while you were talking, so and then close. it's gone again. <laughs> like, what is going on here? I can tell I stayed up too late last night. Yes. I was up till one in the morning. I'm operating on five hours of sleep. This is not okay. It's not good. <laughs> not good. But yeah, we were talking about that, the amount of time. And oh, I know, the the unplugging idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a college student that's kind of, hit it big because I think she was on Tucker Carlson or something, um, starting a movement called log off. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really would encourage parents if you've already purchased a, a smartphone for your child at the, in these age groups, I would strongly encourage you to consider joining this log off movement and, um, helping the students understand. And I think what you would find, um, when I've talked to other parents who have done this with their kids, um, for periods of time, they cannot believe how different their children are. Mm. They're calmer. They're nicer. They're more respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just, um, obviously less anxious and just more at peace. Mm. And I think, well, like you say, Abigail, if we struggle with these things as adults with fully formed brains, how do we expect those kids to be able to handle that? And so they are going to fight you tooth and nail if you, yep. if you say, we're going to log off, we're going to take a week off or two weeks off, or maybe it's even a month. Um, they're going to fight you mm-hmm. on it. And they're going to say, well, I have no way to communicate with my friends. Well, you can still call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are phones still. And and it encourages the kids to actually get together and socialize because this is another trend we're seeing in our yes. culture is that teenagers are spending less time physically together and more time just on their devices mm-hmm. to the point where there are even fewer teenagers who are excited to get their driver's license at the age of 16. I mean, back when I was that age and even my own children, they couldn't wait to get their driver's license. But if you are just interacting with people through a phone or through a game station or some type of a device, then there's much less motivation to be independent, to be up and around and to be out and about. And so I just, I, I do want us to really end End this message with, please, parents, take it into your hands and be the parent. Pay attention to this research that's showing that it's damaging brains and it is causing increased anxiety. And, um, and, and think about your children's future and Mm -hmm. how do you want them to be? 
Yes. How do you want them to be as as adults, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we all saw during the age of COVID the huge difference if you went to a Zoom meeting versus an in-person meeting. And just like you were talking about, Rebecca, the difference Mm -hmm. in, you know, we want kids to learn how to interact face to face. And guess what happens? Sometimes it's awkward and it's uncomfortable or someone says something weird and Mm -hmm. you don't really know how to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's called practice. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's called practice reading social cues yeah. and interacting. And, and you're right, parents, we have to be willing to be the bad guys mm-hmm. if necessary. Our kids are not supposed to be our friends. You know, it's our job to set those limits and those boundaries because, to be honest, 10-year-olds don't know best. Mm-hmm. Their parents do, though. Right. And we really want to encourage parents to go out and do that for their children. Absolutely. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us tonight on Education America. We hope that you'll join us again next week at AM 1280 The Patriot at 6 p.m. Save the classroom, save the country. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.